Salma wasn't sure if what was happening to her that day was good or bad. She'd been stopped at the border crossing between India and Nepal and interviewed by two women in a small station. They asked lots of questions. They seemed to be tender, but oh, the questions were hard. What village are you from? Why are you coming and going all of the time? We see you here often. Do your parents know where you are? What's your family name? Can you call someone? They took her picture and they wrote everything down in a book. Though Sama had been prepared with answers, something broke in her heart that day and she began to tell them everything. Well, welcome to the podcast from Bondage to Freedom. I'm your host, Michelle Rickett. And in this episode, Shelter That Heals, we'll be exploring, among other things, why girls stay with their abusers. Why don't they just run away? Salma had been sent with an auntie, a family friend who had a successful business in India. Auntie was rich compared to the village women and was always encouraging that there were so many opportunities in the big city for fine young teens like Salma. She might marry a rich man there, Auntie suggested. She'd certainly be sending lots of money home. She could live in a great house and have beautiful clothes, so why not go with her? And so Salma did. When Salma and Auntie arrived in the big city, they went into an out-of-the-way hotel. It wasn't very clean. It wasn't very nice. Auntie said she would need to go out for food. She went out and locked the room behind her, but she didn't return for days. When Salma heard the door open, she was shocked when two young men pushed their way in. As Salma protested, one of them pushed her onto the bed and began pulling off her clothes. Then the other man took his turn, and he was rougher. She stopped fighting and just cried and cried until they were done. The older of the two told her that she just needed to get used to her new life. Salma lost count of the days and nights in that room, but she learned to submit and let her mind kind of drift off into the clouds as she was being abused. Her auntie returned after a few days and comforted her. She brought some beautiful clothes and coached Salma on how she could get better treatment from the men. If you become a recruiter, these men won't beat you up. You have to look beautiful. You have to look strong and happy so that other girls will want to be like you. Salma, that's the business we're in. Salma knew that once girls left her village, everyone considered her to have been compromised. And if she tried to go home, Auntie would ruin her reputation. She realized that she could never go home again. She decided that her only choice was to do anything, anything she could for better treatment. She had to learn to go along with this business. The next day, after getting dressed up, Auntie and Salma made their way back across the border into Nepal. They went back and forth many times, recruiting younger girls 
who are mostly from about 11 to 14 years old, from poor backboard villages and impoverished families. Auntie did all of the talking with the border guards and in villages, pointing to Salma, who looked confident and happy and beautiful, just as she had been coached to do. The younger girls couldn't take their eyes off of Salma. Oh, how they wanted to be like her. Salma began playing the part of a rich, happy girl. In her mind, it was easier to do that than to be locked in a room with brutal men. But this day was different. The women who started interviewing Salma separated her from Auntie. There was nobody else to speak but Salma. Law enforcement would deal with Auntie while border rescue women continued interviewing Salma. Their most piercing question was, what kind of business is it that takes you back and forth to India? At that question, Salma broke down and told them everything. That she was lied to, that she was abused and raped, that her parents were paid money, that Auntie dressed her up and used her to recruit more girls who were just innocent. She felt so sorry for letting people hurt those girls. Salma expected to be treated like a criminal after her confession. She felt like a criminal. But one of the women put her hand on her shoulder and told Salma that many girls had been taken by auntie and others and forced to do this recruiting work. But there were places, places for healing, and places where she could create a whole new life. Salma was transported by one of the women to a remote compound outside the village. She wasn't sure if it was good or bad, but she had never seen a home like this. The place had manicured gardens with vegetables and flowers. There was a big, beautiful house and a workshop with lots of giggly teen girls. Some of them were really happy, but some looked so sad. Some were withdrawn, some had illnesses, some were pregnant, but there were these loving caregivers, always coaching and talking to the girls. Salma was exhausted, so one of the girls took her to a room that had two bunk beds, each with a handmade quilt. Marta was her name. She pointed to a pink-colored comforter on a beautiful neat bed and said, you can sleep here. Just rest as long as you need to. Salma fell into bed and slept the entire day. Eventually, she woke up to the sounds of girls' voices chattering in the dining hall. An older girl stopped by her bedroom to see if she was awake. Come for dinner. We're having fried rice tonight. Well, she began to experience daily life in the girls' restoration home and that it was filled with new routines, things she'd never done before. Everyone gets up at the same time and makes their bed and combs their hair and gets washed and dressed, and then they go for breakfast, and they all sit together. Someone reads from the Bible, and they pray for each other together before school, and they help the little girls get ready to go. But the older girls, like Salma, there were chores of weeding and harvesting and cooking and handcrafts and sewing. Salma loved sitting quietly and knitting hats and scarves. She was really slow and really meticulous. One of the caregivers 
encouraged Salma to try different things that she might consider for a vocation one day to see what she enjoyed most. Everyone has God-given talents. We just have to try different things to find out what suits you best. There's so much more to Salma's journey that I can't wait to share with you. Part two of Shelter That Heals will come out next time. And we'll finish this story. It will make you wonder at the depth of Salma's 